Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the first episode of Laces Out after week one. Kurt Homister, Jarrett Bailey. Kurt, this was something that we've been waiting for since really the beginning of quarantine um, in March. This is something that we didn't know if we would have it. Uh, but the first football Sunday, while it was different, it didn't disappoint. Glad to be recapping all of this with you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I, I can't complain whatsoever. I mean... You said it. We've been waiting for football since March. Eh, well, March is when kind of everything, when the stuff hit the fan. But um, exactly. no, we've been waiting a long, long time, and it was it was great. I mean, couldn't really complain. There was everything went pretty smooth. There was you know, a little strange not seeing any fans in the in the stands, but we had some great games, some some entertaining games, and some uh, pretty big storylines to recap today. So it's just you and me. But it's, it's weird, you know. We, we haven't had just a show with you and me in a while, so uh, the viewers are stuck with just you and me, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess our old writing buddy's got other obligations except hanging out with us right now, so <laughs> we're gonna just fly solo. But uh, the one thing, and we'll get into you know our picks from, from last week and whatnot as well, but I think the one thing that was really talked about throughout every game was the quality of play was surprisingly really good without OTAs, without a traditional camp, without a preseason. From everything that I saw, every game that I watched, flipping back and forth and whatnot, this, the quality of play was a lot higher than I would have expected. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the thing, you know, we talked about it before in our recap or our preview show for week one, how, you know, we thought it'd be a little sloppy, you know, a lot of new guys with new teams, you know, they, they got to figure it out with no preseason or whatever, but it was – it was fairly smooth. You know, I think the only thing that at least I noticed was maybe a little uptick in injuries. I think, you know, these guys are playing full speed games, hitting each other as hard as they can, and there's going to be some injuries. So I, I noticed that. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot more injuries, I think, this year than we saw maybe in past years, week ones. But nothing – I haven't really seen anything too severe. Um, you know, the Colts did lose uh, Marlon Mack. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. I believe your Steelers lost your starting right tackle too. So, you know, we, we hope those guys get better. But for the most part, nothing nothing too crazy, nothing too serious. 
That is a fact, my friend. And speaking of games and my Steelers, I did. They were one of my picks this past week, and we can recap the three games that we picked. I went two and one with my picks, picking Baltimore over Cleveland, which apparently was a lot more of a lock than I realized at first. (laughs) I did pick the Pittsburgh Steelers to beat the New York Giants on Monday night. And then one that slipped away, the Detroit Lions blowing a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter and losing to the Chicago Bears. Man, so that's one of the games I actually wanted to talk about um, because, you know, the Lions go into the game. Kenny Galladay, a late scratch. Mm-hmm. It was coming into the game as doubtful, and then they officially make him a little bit before kickoff, I believe. So they're without Kenny Galladay. Jeffrey Okuda, their first-round pick, he didn't play in the game as well. And even then, they go into the fourth quarter, a 23-6 to lead. The offense looks pretty good. Defensively, they're very strong. And then it kind of just seems to slowly fall apart. Uh, to where the Bears are leading with less than, I think, two minutes left after a touchdown pass from Trubisky to Anthony Miller. DeAndre Swift drops a touchdown in the end zone with seven seconds left. Uh, In his hands. A beautiful pass, I might say, by Matthew Stafford. Absolutely gorgeous. He couldn't have put it in a better spot. Right in the breadbasket, right on the numbers, and the rookie just got a little bit too excited, I think. I think he was ready to celebrate and then just right out of his hands. Yeah, so this is where I wish our friend Benjamin Raven was here to, to empathize with me because that was one of my – you know, I've, I've hyped up the, the Lions a lot this offseason. And, you know, to see that happen, last season was a lot of the same because they blew a fourth-quarter lead to the Cardinals in week one as well in week one. So, you know, this isn't something that is necessarily unusual, but at the same time still reason for concern if, you know – they're blowing big leads to inferior teams. I get that Galladay wasn't there. I get that Jeffrey Akuda wasn't there. Um, but that, when you go into the fourth quarter with a 17-point lead, I think I saw the record for teams in that situation was like 796-3. and three. <laughs> And they became – yeah, so they became the fourth in wow. that group to, to lose in that situation. So, yeah, Detroit's got to – they've got to clean it up, especially – uh, facing Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay this coming week in week two. So it, it's not going to – no win in that division is going to come easy. We talked about it you know, last week. But, um, you know, especially with Aaron Rodgers and company coming in, they need to clean that up. Yeah, I mean, you to, to, make, to even make the playoffs in the NFC, I mean, especially out of that division, no – I, I don't think any of those teams are really going to be, you know, a pushover as much as we talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I, I like the Bears defense a lot. They got some real, real good players on that defense. And, you know, the Lions are kind of a sneaky team. But you're, you, if you want to make the playoffs, you got to win a game like that. You, you got to come away with that, get the divisional win, move on to, to Green Bay next week, which is not going to be any easier because – Green Bay just ripped apart the Vikings, and Aaron Rodgers looks better than ever, I think. So he, he's he's on a mission this year, and uh, I, I like the Packers a lot this year, too. That division is going to be fierce. Yeah, how about Aaron Rodgers and those Packers? I mean, he was throwing dots all over the place. Uh, Mark 40, has got us. 43 on that Vikings defense, which I was so high on this year. that In our preview show, I was saying how I love the Vikings defense. I love the Vikings to win that division strictly because of that defense, and a rods just comes in and drops 43 on them. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're, you know, I really wish I do wish they would have gotten a wide receiver in this draft because 
I just I want to see that that offense being you know a high flying offense with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and you know uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, they got some real good players. I think it's it's kind of clear to see. We saw last year that Rodgers just needs a little extra help there. Yeah, and then you know Devontae Adams is one of two receivers to have 14 receptions on Sunday. Him and DeAndre Hopkins each having 14 catches. Um, Devontae Adams getting, I believe he had two touchdowns that game, mm -hmm. or maybe just the one. Um, but, uh, yeah, he played phenomenal. Marquez Valdez-Scaling stepped in with four catches and a touchdown as well. Um, so, Green Bay, they were my pick to win the division because of 12. Um, you know, their defense does need a little bit of help. Uh, we saw that, you know, Davin Cook had, uh, you know, a solid game passing-wise. Um, their secondary is kind of hit and miss. Jair Alexander, though, man, you know, I talked to him. Mm -hmm. I talked to him up in um, against the spread uh, PFN podcast, you know, saying how he's one of the best corners in football. And then what to do? He goes out, he gets uh, a sack, uh, an interception, and whatnot. So I mean, he did. He played phenomenally, and uh, seeing him do that, I think he's kind of the anchor of that secondary in Green Bay. Um, and then the front seven with Zadarius and Preston Smith. Zadarius Smith had a sack as well. So. Um, you know, I think it's just a matter of bending and not breaking and not allowing 34 points. Uh, yeah. As long as they don't do that, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he can give you 40 points almost anytime you need it, but it would be a lot nicer for him if he could, you know, not have to do that every week. But uh, Green Bay looked good offensively. It's just, uh, you know, if they can take that point total down a little bit on defense, I like them a lot more. And it doesn't, doesn't seem like, you know, I, obviously the Vikings didn't get the win, but doesn't seem like the Vikings really missed out on Stephon Diggs too much because Adam Thielen went off. Uh, Kirk Cousins played a great game, too. He only had six incompletions. He threw for 259 yards, uh, two touchdowns. He did have an interception. But, I mean, I like the Vikings this year, too. I mean, we we talked about them numerous times about this division, that they're just going to be a lot of – we could see, I don't know, two teams coming out of this, going to the playoffs. I think that's the easy choice. Could we see three? I mean, I don't know. You were talking about the Lions possibly sneaking in. We got an extra wild card team this year. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I had Dallas taking that seventh wild card spot, but I had Detroit and Dallas having the same record. So mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, you look at Detroit's schedule, it's not an easy one to start off because like we talked about already, they've got Green Bay coming this week. Um, and I believe that is there. They're on the road because Green Bay was in uh, Minnesota Bay this past week. In Wisconsin. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're going to be in Green Bay this week. So, that's no give me at all. And then at Arizona, who just beat San Francisco, which we'll talk about in a minute, New Orleans, and then at Jacksonville. So, I mean, the first month of the okay. season for Detroit, they could very easily start 0-4 and, um, and really open the doors for anybody else uh, who's a playoff hopeful. Do I think they do? No. I mean, I think that they're going to be competitive with Green Bay. I think they'll be competitive with Arizona and possibly win that game. I think they'll be competitive with New Orleans, um, especially, you know, having – uh, being at home, having that advantage, and then they go on the road to Jacksonville, to Atlanta, and then Indianapolis to close out the first half of the season. So, if they can muster a four and four record, I don't think five and three at the absolute best for Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, the second half does get a little bit easier. You know, you get uh, uh, Tennessee in there, who you know I'm not very high on. You get a rematch with Chicago. You get the Panthers, who aren't going to be very good. The Bears again. Um, so. Uh, Washington's in there as well so I mean I still like Detroit they I think that you know if they do miss the playoffs they're going to look back at week one and say wow we were really that close and 
and they're yeah, just gonna they're, gonna they're just gonna all look at DeAndre Swift and shake their heads and say, <laughs> "You rookie." Um, but can we can we take a little little sidetrack here and keep it within this division? But I want to talk about the Bears because uh, some news came out a couple mm-hmm. hours before we started uh, recording here. Star wide receiver Allen Robinson seems like he wants out of Chicago. I can't blame him too much. I, I think I would want somebody else throwing me the football too. If I'm, you know, quietly one of the best wide receivers in the league, I think. And I don't know. This is interesting. If, if Allen Robinson wants out, I'm sure there's going to be tons of teams knocking at the door waiting for him to, to be in their jersey because who wouldn't want this guy on their team? He's He's consistently produced. He's – I think I think last year he had seven touchdowns over a thousand yards. I mean, who wouldn't want this guy? I I think you know a lot of teams like a, a team like the Eagles comes to mind. They they got a lot of injuries that they always are dealing with on offense, and we we need to see Carson Wentz with a stud number one wide receiver. I think I think that's he needs he needs a lot of help there. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles would be a solid landing spot for him. I mean, you talk about Allen Robinson, 98 receptions last year with Mitchell Trubisky throwing in the ball, so that says a lot about how he was doing. So, I mean, quietly one of the best receivers in the league. Um, is there a receiver with his talent that's just been quarterback stricken? I mean, he goes from Jacksonville and Blake Bortles to Chicago, <laughs> where Mike Glennon was there when he went there, and then Trubisky. So, you know, he a real quarterback, please. Get him somebody. I mean, you look around the league for – you know, guys who could use them. Houston, maybe. I don't think that they have the cap space to be able to give them a big deal, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially after the, the Deshaun Watson deal. Uh, Philadelphia, like we said, I think that would be a perfect landing spot for both teams right now, considering of, the fact that. Of course, uh, any any time that you, you hear a big name that wants out, there's one team that you got to think about because there's one guy who loves to bring in the star talent. And who is that? I know you can read my mind. The Bill Belichick's not going to get Allen Robinson. <laughs> Why? You seem very confident with that. Because I think that it was made clear the style of offense that New England's going to try to focus on this year with Cam. He ran the the ball a lot. There's not not much style because Cam Newton's running for his life because he has nobody to throw to. And I, not that I'm, you know, arguing for Cam Newton because (laughs) I don't want the Patriots to be good, but I feel bad for the guy. He's throwing to Julian Edelman and that's about it. So, I don't see why Bill Belichick wouldn't want to get him some help. They cut Muhammad Sanu. They have Nikhil Harry, who's hasn't quite come around to what he was supposed to. I don't know, man. I, it's always an option. I think. I would be very surprised if Allen Robinson ends up being a Patriot. In terms of the teams that are in the mix for it, I think I would put New England last solely because I just don't think they're. Well, how do I want to word this? I think they're planning for next year. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that, you know, with especially the receivers coming out of this class and Nikhil Harry, we still don't really quite know what he is uh, just because of his injuries last year. But if they, even if they did want a receiver, they've got a hell of a lot of picks in, in next year's draft. Yep. It doesn't even have to be a first round pick. It can be, you know, an early second round pick because I think they're going to be in that top 10 or 12 range for picks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that they'll be able to get another solid receiver after they take a quarterback in round one, because I promise you that's what they're doing. Yeah. So, okay. you know, they'll, okay. if they go, if they go quarterback round one, receiver round two, you know, try to sign a solid lineman in the off season or even draft. I mean, there's a lot of things that they can do. Point being that I don't think Allen Robinson's going to end up in new England, but in terms of, I think Philadelphia is a good landing spot. Hell, I think even a team like the 49ers who 
while they did just Big draft time. Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, they did, they've lost Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason. I don't think that they really have an A receiver on their roster right now. They got a lot of Bs and C pluses. Uh-huh. I think that, you know, if they really wanted to get Jimmy Garoppolo a go-to guy, uh, he didn't look good on Sunday. So I think that, you know, that's not out of the realm of possibility for him to land in San Francisco. If if this rumor of Allen Robinson wanting out would have came out maybe, I don't know, three months ago, I think I would have put the Steelers on that list. But after watching week one, I don't think they need him. I, I like – I mean, Juju had two touchdowns. He's I know how you feel about Juju. But um, I think with Big Ben back, I think he loves playing with Big Ben because we. that's when we saw him flourish when he had Big Ben. And Deontay Johnson, geez, we've talked about him a lot. We like him a lot. I know you love him a lot. And Chase Claypool with the, the the toe drag catch, the first catch of his career, unreal on the sidelines there. Um, I really liked him coming out of the, the draft. So I think I think the Steelers are fine on offense. I think they are. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, for, for the first time in my life as a Bills fan, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to say, we need that guy. We need help on offense because <laughs> we have all the help we could get. And I love it. I love it so much. So, um I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to see what a team would give up for Allen Robinson. He is he would be a one year rental. He's he's a free agent after this year. So, you know, I can't imagine it'd be too high of a draft pick for him. And I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see where where this takes us. But you know, some fun rumors to start the season with here. Yeah, I mean. I think ultimately he will get out. I think he just wants to play with a quarterback that can get on the ball on a consistent basis, and he wants to play on a winner. So I think that puts Philadelphia and San Francisco at least near the top of it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see too many other sleepers that could really sneak up on this. I mean, I don't think Minnesota's going to go after him. I don't think Detroit's going to do it. Um, what about the Jets? You think the Jets no. could ever? You no. don't think the Jets are going to make a move? They they don't need to because they're going to be so bad this year anyway. Why why give up assets for a one year rental when you know you're not going to pay Jamal Adams? So why are you going to pay a wide receiver? I I know Sam Darnold needs help. I saw it firsthand on Sunday. <laughs> the guy is just cursed because he has no help. But I don't know. I I don't see the I don't see the Jets really making any moves because. They're kind of like the Patriots. It's just already going to be on to next year here. So, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't like the Jets on that list. Well, let's start the hashtag free Sam Darnold and get him <laughs> the hell out of New York. Or get, that, get Adam Gase the hell out Adam of New York. Adam Gase is the, the problem there. He and, is- you know, <laughs> both, two of our you know, good friends of the show, both Mike Tanier and Matt Verderam, I think both times, the two of the past – two times that they've come on this show, both of them have gone out of their way to make sure to say something mean yeah. and nasty and criticize Adam Gase. And I think we saw firsthand why, as your Bills just demolished the New Absolutely. York Jets. I know you to get into that, so go ahead. We, we were – I mean, you and I were kind of chatting before this, and we said, you know, the score doesn't really represent what happened in that game because if you watch that game, the Bills were up 21-3 to at halftime. The Jets mm. just barely got a field goal at halftime, so – that doesn't even count. And then they get a garbage time touchdown. You know, it's nothing. They did not impress me. They did not scare me whatsoever. Um, Jamison Crowder had the one long touchdown, and it was just because bad tackling. The Bills sent the house on Sam Darnold, and he somehow had a little dump-off pass to Jamison Crowder, and he just he broke one tackle, and he was gone. So if if you didn't watch the game and you look at the, the you know, just the, the box score – 
and then you scroll through Twitter and you see that Josh Allen missed a guy in the end zone. Whoop-de-doo. It happens a lot, okay? But the Bills <laughs> played a great game. Josh Allen played maybe the best game of his career so far. And, you know, the Bills are a threat this year. So uh, watch out Pittsburgh Steelers there later on in the season. And, you know, I do want to say this, and I believe I believe it was actually Matt Verderams who I commented on, who we had a Twitter conversation about this. You know, everybody wanted to talk about the ungodly overthrow because it was bad. I will say that. It, it was. It was, it was a, disgusting. It was a horrid overthrow in the end zone um, by Josh Allen. But I haven't really heard anywhere – about his career high in passing yards. If I'm not wrong, was that his first career 300-yard passing game? First time in his career he's thrown for over 300 yards. He had no interceptions. He did fumble it twice, but he had no interceptions. He completed, I think, 33 passes. I could be wrong. 33 of 41, I believe. Yeah, 33. I mean, he played an outstanding game. This guy – and I I will say this, too, because, you know, I've watched this guy pretty much every single snap since he's been drafted, and – his passes this year just look so crisp. They look so on the money. He threaded the needle so many times in this game. I mean, yeah, it's only week one, but it seems like he's, he's, he's ready to take another step. But, of course, nobody wants to talk about that because he overthrew a guy five yards over his head. Don't even get me started. I, I just – I can talk about this for a whole hour show. No, you're preaching to the choir, mate, because there is a similar play in the Baltimore and Cleveland game. Mm-hmm where it was the first touchdown of the game where Mark Andrews had the one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. If you look at the all-22 angle of that, he doesn't have anybody within five yards on either side Mm -hmm. of him. There's no reason he should have had to go up one-handed in the first place. That was a horrible throw by Lamar Jackson. But since Mark Andrews comes down with the catch Uh and the touchdown, we don't talk about that. If Mark Andrews misses it, hell, even if Mark Andrews doesn't, if he even gets a hand on it, maybe they even blame Mark Andrews for it because no one wants to criticize Lamar Jackson's awful, inconsistent passes – and we just I, talk about how, how great he is as a runner, and we uh-huh. don't, I, you know. Trust me, this is, this is my life. This is my life on yeah. Twitter is just people calling me out. I don't know if you saw the little video I made. Um, I made a video I found, you know, I don't know if you – did you see the Lamar Jackson, the, the, the lateral he tried? Yeah, the one with Tamar Ingram. He tried to, tried to throw it yeah. to Mark Ingram, and then, you know, it was, it was a mess. There did you compare that. it so, to the Dawson Knox thing? I did. So I, I made okay. a video. Go look at it. I'll send it to you after the show, and I will retweet okay. it for anybody that's listening. I, may, I put those two videos together. I put a video of uh, Brady, a video of Mahomes missing in the end zone horribly, and then I put, a, put the video of Josh Allen uh, missing John Brown. And it just it speaks to the fact that people will never, ever talk about Mahomes or Lamar Jackson missing these guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen is those guys because he's absolutely not. There's no comparison. There, he's, not, he's not them. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that so many people rip Josh Allen apart when he just makes one mistake. When Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, the greatest of the greats, do it all the time every week, and nobody talks about it. So I'll uh, leave it at that. Yeah, and I just think that, you know, we, we make Lamar and – we just we can't say anything bad about him because yeah. then you know we're we're against Lamar Jackson. No, we're not against Lamar He's Jackson. The MVP. He, He's the MVP. I just think that if you're going to criticize Josh Allen so heavily for one mistake after a phenomenal game, you know if Mark Andrews doesn't catch that ball, I don't even think we talk about how bad of a pass it was in the first place because mm-hmm. it's Lamar Jackson, and we can't say bad things about exactly. Lamar Jackson. You know. Exactly. So, but regardless, your Bills did get the win, as did my Steelers and Big Ben Roethlisberger. Mm, he's he back. Went, he started off a little bit slow, 
But once they got that two-minute drill going, they got the interception from T.J. Watt, which set them up in great field position, the touchdown mm-hmm. pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. And then after that, man didn't look like he missed a beat. 229 mm-hmm. yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions for the 38-year-old two-time Super Bowl champion. Man, you know, if, if nothing else went right last night, if Ben Roethlisberger's stat line would have still looked exactly like that and they would have had to win by a last-second field goal or something, I think Steeler Nation would still look at that and be like, you know, Ben did look great. And that's such a saving grace right now because all offseason long, we were wondering, all right, you know, Steelers defense is great, but how's Ben going to look? Yeah, that could be a real threat, but how's Ben going to look? Their offense, it looks really good, but how's Ben going to look? So (laughs) it was just constant, you know, the the, the pressure was always going to be on Ben Roethlisberger and it did look rough at first. And, you know, there was a few things I didn't like in that game. They kept trying to run this, you know, this carry to the right guard, kind of like a halfback dive situation where either Juju Smith-Schuster or Deontay Johnson would come in motion right before the snap. It would be the exact same handoff to the exact same spot. And James Conner didn't do anything all night. He had six carries for nine yards before not returning in the second half due to, I believe, a hamstring injury. And then out of nowhere, second-year man out of Kentucky, Benny Snell Jr. Big Benny. Rushes for 119 yards. Him and him and Clyde Edwards-Alaire are the only two running backs to rush for 100 yards this week. So mm-hmm. uh, that that was kind of an interesting uh, thing to see. But no, the Steelers' defense—they um, were very bend but don't break last night. Bud Dupree was constant pressure. It was great to see. Uh, T.J. Watt had the interception. They allowed a 19-play drive to the Giants. Wow! And. Huh. As they were inside the five, it looked like they were about to score. Um, Bud Dupree gets pressure. He runs after Daniel Jones with every last breath in his body, chips the ball as it's thrown, and Cam Hayward intercepts it at the goal line. And I think that says a lot about this defense. It's just very, okay, we're still on the field. We're gassed, but we're still going to go as hard as we can. And it paid off. And I, um, I will say uh, this. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the whole game, but I did from the parts that I did see – the Steelers were sending – if they could send 13 guys, they were because <laughs> literally all 11 guys on that field, it seems like, were running at Daniel Jones, and his eyes were so big because he had no idea what to do. And that's the reason why Saquon Barkley had six yards rushing. I mean, literally the Steelers were in the back in the backfield within half a second of it being snapped. And it was I – was, I was impressed. That was – that was great, great defensive play calling there. Yeah, um, and my favorite graphic of the entire weekend was the fact that Ben Roethlisberger had nine yards rushing to Saquon Barkley six. So <laughs> Big Ben's whoever, back. He's back. Whoever, whoever had Ben Roethlisberger having more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley on the on their bingo card, congratulations <laughs> to you. Um, so, yeah, it was great to see seven back. It was great to see the Steelers. Um, finally, just having a great defense, having all these skill guys all healthy, and it just it, it all just seemed to click. It took a little bit to do, and they, they allowed the big play to Darius Slayton. But after that, it was extremely sound. It was very just, you know, they did have the garbage time touchdown, as did your Bills giving up one to the Jets. But other than that, I mean, the defense looked really good. They forced a few turnovers. Ben didn't turn the ball over. Uh, it was good to see. Um, it was good to see seven back on the field. There was an upset, my friend. <sighs> Well, that, that, hey, we, we talked about your three picks. We didn't talk about my three picks. Yeah, let's bring I, up your three picks. I don't, I don't like that you skipped me there. but um, Yeah, I'm I, sorry. Go ahead. My, I'm my with apologies. you because uh, for anybody listening, Jared and I are going to keep track of our, our three picks. We're going to keep track for the entire season and who, see who gets the win at the end of the year. But 
for now we're tied. I was, I was two and one this week. I picked my bills. They got the win. I picked the chargers over the Bengals. Almost didn't get the win, but got the win on that. The chargers uh, beat them 16, 13. And then I thought it was going to be the easiest pick of the whole week. The Colts over the Jags and Gardner Minshew had the game of his life and the Jags won. Here's the thing, mate. You know, I tried telling everybody this offseason. I've said it multiple times on this show. Gardner Minshew led all rookies in touchdown passes last year. That was more than Kyler Murray in less games. He only had six interceptions. He doesn't turn the ball over. And he's accurate. He went 19 to 20. Mm-hmm. He's so, insanely accurate. And so it was great to see, you know, LaVisca Chenault, the rookie out of Colorado, he had a mm-hmm. touchdown reception. DJ Chart got involved as well. Um, I was incredibly surprised you know, to say the least, you know, I, I've said that Jacksonville wasn't going to get the number one overall pick, but I'd be lying to you if I said I thought they'd go out and win in week one. You know, I picked the Colts to win the division. So did I. And, yeah, and, you know, we banked on Phillip Rivers not making the same stupid mistakes that he's done mm-hmm. in years past because he's got a great offensive line to protect him, give him more time so he doesn't have to do that. He threw two boneheaded interceptions yesterday that really kind of sealed their fate in terms of uh, starting off 0-1. I know, and it it sucks because I I really was looking forward. I mean, yes, it's only week one. I'm not I'm not jumping to conclusions here, but I really wanted to see Philip Rivers just come in and have a really really great first game, first week, mm-hmm. just because you know I, I love Philip Rivers and I I think this is a great situation for him in Indianapolis with Frank Reich and you know, the talent that he has around him, the offensive line he has, the Colts defense, which I thought was going to be you know pretty solid this year but they gave up how, how many points they gave up 27 points 27 to the Jaguars. To I mean I don't know it's if if I'm a Colts fan I, I'm a little nervous because you know any any given week anything can happen but the Jags were you know I don't I don't think that the Jags are a very good team I think maybe it was just a, a bad game by the Colts but Gardner Minshew I mean he might be the real deal here here in in a couple of years we could we could see you know if everything goes right, if they build it, you know, kind of like they did a couple of years ago with the talent they had there, Gardner Minshew could be a top quarterback in this league. Yeah, if it does turn out that they do select a quarterback, if Minshew keeps playing even anywhere near this, you know, they're picking because it's best player available. They're not picking right. because of need. They don't necessarily need a quarterback right now. Gardner Minshew is the real deal. So, yeah. um, you know, the, defensively, I mean, C.J. Henderson, the rookie out of Florida, he played well. Um, you know, there was a lot of guys – they're one of the youngest teams in football, but they really stepped up against uh, a veteran quarterback um, mm-hmm. and, and they made the plays when they needed to. So um, kudos to Jacksonville. Who do they have this coming week? I actually don't know who they have. They have, they have Tennessee. Tennessee. That's right. So Your they favorite go, team this year. They go to Tennessee. Now here's the thing with this, because I bet on this game as soon as I saw it, the line opened 11 in some places. I had it at 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. It dropped down already to eight. Wow. So, uh, you know, Vegas starts it off, you know, they kind of want you to jump on Jacksonville right away. Yeah. And they're still kind of baiting you to jump on Jacksonville mm-hmm. to kind of cover this spread. So and I think that they will, Kurt. You know, I like what I saw so far. Okay. I didn't like what I saw from Tennessee last night. No, I was, I was not impressed by Tennessee at all, at all. I mean, obviously, granted, Steven Gostowski, I'm surprised they even let him on the plane home. But My Lord. <laughs> If he didn't, if he didn't hit that that game winning field goal, I think he would have been calling an Uber back to Nashville. But 
I did I didn't see too much from Tennessee where, you know, it was I I was expecting a lot from that defense at least. I was, you know, I'm not not too high on Ryan Tannehill, but I was expecting a, a decent performance from that defense which they they did. They held the Broncos to 14 points, but I don't know. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry can only do so much. So we'll we'll see we'll see next week. Next week's even though it's week two, it's a big game because Jacksonville's coming in hot off that win. Titans are, you know, they got beat up a little bit by Denver there. They just barely won. If if they lose to Jacksonville, could you imagine Jacksonville starting 2-0 and on the season? That would make me the happiest person alive <laughs> because, first of all, you know how much crap I talk to Titans Twitter this offseason. Oh, yeah. Mostly because oh, yeah. they came at me yeah. after I released my season predictions. So, I mean, I was – I had Tennessee going 6-10 and 10 this year. I just do not believe in them. Last night, Drew Locke and that offense looked really good. They just couldn't really finish drives. And clock management at the end was god awful. <laughs> yeah. I, here's what are you thing. doing, Vic? Here's the thing. The previous drive before Tennessee drives down to kick the field goal, Drew Locke has Deshaun Hamilton in the end zone and overthrows him by this much. <laughs> if it's caught, that's game. Yep. So I respect, I respect the, you know, the aggressive method and letting Drew Locke, who's got a big arm and a lot of weapons, to sling it. I get that. But if you heard that noise, that was Vic Fangio finally calling his first time out. <laughs> he saved all three of them for reasons unbeknownst to anybody. I, uh, I couldn't tell you. I have no I was, I was screaming in my living room for him to call a timeout because I was yeah. rooting for Denver in this game. I, I don't know. Blows and my so, mind. Yeah, and it makes almost no sense. I mean, you look at how great you know, their special teams and defense played. They block a field goal. They get a little bit lucky with a few misses. Um, but they hold Derrick Henry in check. They really hold the Titans in general in check to only 13 points. Um, Drew Locke played really well. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, Melvin Gordon looked really good in his debut in Denver. Uh, I like Noah Fant. Jerry Judy looked fun. He did have a key drop, and I hate it because, you know, we've had two rookies, so I'm really high on have key drops in big uh -huh. situations this past week. Um, but I like Denver a lot. I don't like Tennessee. Um, and I think Jacksonville is definitely going to cover a 10.5-point spread. And if they go into the Music City and upset the Titans in week two, hmm. I will be the most unbearable human being on Twitter <laughs> for the next week. So you can enjoy that. And so can Titans Twitter if, if all goes not their way uh, well, this coming week. Well, once, uh, once Josh Allen throws for another 300 yards and maybe six touchdowns against the Dolphins, I, I'll, I'll be pretty unbearable too. So whoever's listening, we're, we apologize if uh, – if Jacksonville wins and my, my bills blow at the Dolphins, but um, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I'd like to root for Tennessee. I just can't because I do like Mike Brabel. I, I like him as, as that head coach there, but it's, it's Ryan Tannehill. I've seen this guy since he's been drafted in Miami mm -hmm. and he's nothing special. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl because I don't know. I, Derrick Henry can only do so much. I like the weapons that they have there. I like Corey Davis. I like A.J. Brown, but I don't know. It's just – I hope they go 6-10. and 10. Whatever. I, mean, <laughs> I, I have, I have your, your tweet bookmark from uh, a couple months ago when you said if, ya. if the Titans win 12 games, you'll get a tattoo of uh, Titans fans choosing. So That is the easiest bet I'm ever going to win in my life. That's the only reason why I'm rooting for Tennessee to win this year is because I want to see an ugly tattoo on you somewhere. I – that would be that would be amazing, but um, can we can we move into uh, maybe the most uh, exciting game? Eh, maybe not exciting, but the biggest build up to uh, and week one is the Saints and the Bucks. You know, we we get yeah. Let's let's get, get how much time do we have left? Uh, 
I don't know. We'll 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 see when when that when that timer <laughs> pops up on us. But this will be the last last game that we break down here before we give uh, maybe our our power rankings here. But what are we thinking about Tom Brady? He uh, did not look like the Tom Brady of old. I do not want to jump into oh you know he's washed now he's he's done. Yeah. But I don't know. That Saints team looked pretty pretty dangerous. They they gave it to the Bucks and. They won convincingly, too. It was 34-23. I mean, Drew Brees looked better than ever. And, you know, Michael Thomas did. Did he, though? I mean, I, he only had... here's the thing with me. Drew Brees, the past few years, I think we've overrated him a lot just because, you know, the entire record-breaking and whatnot. I mean, he, he only threw for 160 yards. This offense very much flows through, I think, more of Alvin Kamara and what he does out of the backfield, catching mm-hmm. balls and opening up the defense with the run game than it does Drew Brees. Um, and that's not to say that he's not good and he's not an all-time. I get that he is, but, you know, defensively they made a lot of plays. Obviously the pick six by Janoris Jenkins, the uh, interception by Marcus Williams to set them up in great field position. So, I mean, offensively, the Saints didn't really do anything spectacular. You know, the defense was just able to capitalize off bad decisions and miscommunications by the Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, Mike Evans and uh, Michael Thomas combined for what, like, 14 yards receiving or something I yeah think it, was it was bad ugly game there but I don't know I I think you know I'm not I'm not giving up on the Bucks. I I think the Bucks are easily a playoff team I think they could I think maybe I, I still have the Saints winning that division but mm-hmm. I mean the Bucks are not gonna roll over easy to anybody yeah. the Saints are a very good team and I don't I don't remember if the Bucks have an easy schedule this year or not but I mean whoever plays them is you're going up against Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and a, a good defense. Devin White is – Devin White played very well. Levante David did very well. I mean, they got Barrett on that defenders. team. I mean, they have a great front seven there. And, yeah. You know, the secondary is probably the only question mark I have on that team. But still, I mean, if that front seven can consistently get pressure on opposing offenses, secondary doesn't need to be great by any means. Yeah. No, and I think that, you know, I think we can finally put to bed, at least for now, that, you know, the whole Gronk signing is game-changing. Yeah. I mean, Gronk has been a complete non-factor, and he's not going to be a very big factor for the rest of, you know, the season. I just – Right. I think that they'll be good. I think they'll be a wild-card team, but it's not going to come easy, especially in that division. So, uh, we'll see how they how they fare going forward. How about Kyler Murray and those Arizona Cardinals? Whew. I was I think I said it in our last in our last episode. I, I think I said I wanna pick Arizona in this game, but I just can't <laughs> yet. I need to see them. And we saw them. I mean Yeah. It's it's kind of similar to the game that, you know, we saw last year. Arizona just barely lost, you know, kind of last second sort of thing. They won by four points, twenty four twenty. I was I was impressed by Kyler Murray. I mean, I was impressed by him last impressed. year, but I was very much impressed by him in just week one here. I mean, I think DeAndre Hopkins coming in is – it's going to be huge. It's It already was huge. DeAndre Hopkins had a, a great game for them. So, I think I like Arizona this year a lot. I just wish they weren't in such a tough division. Oh, I mean, is it – I've said this all summer, and Jimmy Garoppolo really backed me up with how horrible he played. <laughs> because, look, if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't come from the Belichick system, if he didn't play under Tom Brady, if he didn't look like a Greek god, we <laughs> – we wouldn't care too much about him. And I shouldn't say he played horrible. I mean, he made a few bad throws. He didn't turn the ball over, but he did get sacked three times. He had a QBR of 35. So, I mean, it's not – he didn't play atrocious, 
But he went 19 to 33. That's not great. He missed some throws that he should have made. But, you know, Jimmy G, I just think that we very much overrate him because of where he came from. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one. And I mean, for anybody that thinks, you know, the 49ers are going to get carried by their defense to the Super Bowl again, I think you're wrong. I think the 49ers defense is very good, but it's kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it's similar to the Jets because it's not as bad, but Jimmy G doesn't really have a ton of help. I mean, he has a good run game. Uh, Raheem Mostert had a good game. I think he had, what, two touchdowns, maybe one touchdown. Um, George Kittle did go down. Through the through the ground game, Raheem Mostert had one in the he had one receiving, and then Jarek McKinnon had one receiving. There it is. Okay, yeah. So I mean, they got a good run game. They lost Matt Breida this year, but if if they can get some guys back, because I th- I think Debo Samuel's on the IR. Um, Brandon Ayuk, you know, he's he was questionably questionable before week one. He didn't really make a huge impact, and George Kittle went down with an injury too. So. If he loses out on some of those guys, it could be it could get even uglier from here. And that defense is going to have to hold teams to three points to win games. Yeah, and that's the thing with having you know a great defense and riding them. I mean, I was a fan of it last year. You know, I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is anywhere near as bad as Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges, but eventually he's going to have to make plays for them to win. They can't rely on their defense literally every single week and just say, all right, Jimmy, you don't got to worry about anything. We'll take care of this. No, eventually you're going to face a team that's going to put up points on you, and your quarterback's going to have to make a play. So far, I mean, I haven't seen Jimmy Garoppolo do that. So mm-hmm. until he does, he's just going to be a middle-of-the-pack quarterback to me who is being carried by a great defense. Offensively, they're nothing special. 49ers trade up to the top top pick and draft uh, Trevor Lawrence. That's How gonna... would that be, man? <laughs> that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm just gonna Trevor throw Lawrence that out there Shanahan. just in case it actually happens, even though it's not going to. I'm just gonna throw it I, out there so that when it does, I can bring this back up and rub it in everybody's face. That's the thing. I don't think what would they have to give up, do you think? Let's oh say that God. Carolina let's say that Carolina gets the first overall pick. What do they have to give up to get number one? To get number one, which would most likely be Trevor Lawrence. They would have I mean, to give up somebody great on that defense, at least one of them. Do you think hmm? I don't know. I could see like a Fred Warner getting traded in, in that package, the great linebacker that's still young there. I don't know. Do they throw in, say, hey, you want Jimmy G? We don't want him anymore. I mean, that, Here's the thing. If, if I was in control of Carolina, I got the number one pick, and I get a call from the 49ers, I'm saying, you got to give me Nick Bosa. You got to give me your number one. You got to give me your number one next year. You got to give me a two this year. And you got to give me a two next year. So, no, they got to give me the farm if I'm giving up Trevor Lawrence. I don't think it would be worth – I don't think that package would be worth it if you're trading up for Jesus Christ himself. That (laughs) that package is ungodly. Nick Bosa (laughs) – oh, wow, okay. It's not happening. We just like to, you know, mess around and have some fun on this show. But – we we can we can break into our uh, our power rankings here before we before we close this episode. For Jesus here. Christ Himself, <laughs> fresh off the cross, here comes Jesus, ready to be the savior of the Carolina Panthers. I think he'd be a hell of a tight end. That's I think I think that's Jesus. That's I think I get I get George Kittle vibes from Jesus if he was a tight end. Do you think? Maybe maybe I think this oh. podcast is going way off the rails. Let's uh let's move on to the power <laughs> rankings here. Let's I'm gonna do that. Through, I'm gonna run through mine quick. You can rip me after that if you want. 
Uh, sure. I think, I think the first two the two choices are easy. Chiefs, Ravens. You probably have your Steelers at two. I don't even know. But I got Chiefs, Ravens. I got Saints at number three. I got the Packers at number four. I like the Packers. I, I talked about that earlier. I got the Seahawks at five. We didn't really talk about the Seahawks, but I, I love the game that they played, um, you know, with that defense now with Jamal Adams, too. Um, and maybe soon to be friend of the show, a little secret there, somebody else coming on possibly. Uh, so I got Seahawks at five. I got your Steelers there at six. Close behind are my Bills at seven. Um, even though they did lose, I got Tampa Bay at eight just because I think, you know, if they would have played anybody else but the Saints, I think they maybe would have won. Uh, right. I do have the 49ers at nine. I don't know about that. I was kind of going back and forth because, you know, Jimmy G did look pretty ugly. Um, but I love that defense. I just love it so much. And I got the Cardinals at 10. I do. I got the Cardinals uh, at 10 after that, that big win that they had. All right. I'll run through mine real quick. I've got the chiefs. Number one, I got Seattle number two, you know, oh, okay. I, I see what Russell Wilson's doing. I think he's the second best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Yes. They allowed a lot of passing yards to Matt Ryan. Um, but that offense is incredibly explosive. Um, they still got to figure out some stuff on that defense. Um, but I love Seattle going forward. If I had to pick right now, I would take them over Baltimore. Um, number three, I got your Bills. Number three, Kurt. You know, I really oh. like what I, I really oh. like what they're I really like what they're doing in Buffalo. You know, Josh <laughs> Allen gets so much hate. We already talked about it. It had a career high in passing. The defense played phenomenal. I'm excited to see what they do against Miami, um, and I'm hoping that they cover that five and a half point spread because I bet on it. So you know, I I love what they're doing in Buffalo. Well, um, I thank I thank you for that, and so does Bills Mafia. I hope that they do. I expect a Christmas card this year. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, John Brown got a touchdown uh, on Sunday. Stephon Diggs played really well. I love what they're doing in Buffalo. They're a real threat in the AFC. Number four is where I have Baltimore. You know, they beat Cleveland, who was depleted on defense. Congratulations. Do it again later on. Who do they play next week? That's the real question. Who does Baltimore play in week two? I did not check that. That's my mm, journalistic mistake. I did not check mistake. that, too. I can check Kurt will you're check, talking. Kurt will check that as we go through the rest. I've got my Steelers at number five. Big Ben didn't turn the ball over. He had three touchdowns. Chase Claypool had a great catch. He had two on the day. Um, Juju and Deontay Johnson each had six catches. Uh, The defense had two turnovers. So, you know, they really played well. Benny Snell had over 100 yards, his first career 100-yard game. So, uh, they are just loaded all over both sides of the ball. I think they're going to win the division. I can't put them over Baltimore exactly yet until I see them play head-to-head. I think they'll probably split them with the Ravens this year. But right now, i got to put Baltimore ahead simply because of how dominant they were even if it was only against Cleveland uh did we find who they play yet Kurt? they are playing the Houston Texans so we get a Lamar yes, Jackson right. Deshaun Watson matchup again that is right all right so number six I've got Green Bay look if you got Aaron Rodgers you're you're gonna be okay um mm-hmm. defense needs a little bit of work in terms of allowing too many points but you know Jair Alexander played very well um you know Devontae Adams had 14 catches and played great Marcus Valdez scaling really stepped up and showed that he can be a solid number two in that offense so I love Green Bay going forward. They got Detroit this week. I think they'll win again, start 2-0. I've got the Saints at number seven. Look, like I said, their defense did very well. Their offense didn't do anything fantastic. So you know, wow. I, hope to see, I hope to see them, you know, step it up a little bit more next week. Um, but, you know, I think they're still going to win that division. Uh, and as long as you got Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara there, that's a solid trio to work with. So Saints are number seven. I got the Cardinals at number eight. Um, this is a team that was kind of hesitant about, you know, being so high on the soft season, I had them going, I believe, eight and eight, in my final uh, predictions for the season. So I think they're going to be a threat. I think they're going to be competitive. Yesterday, they showed that they could be a real threat. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, they beat one of the best defenses in football. Kyler Murray looks really good. Nuke Hopkins, man, is he happy to be in Arizona or what? 14 catches for him on the day. Uh, defensively, they were surprisingly stout as well. This is one of the worst defenses in football last year. Yeah. And they really held the 49ers in check. So good job to the Cardinals. Uh, and they are number eight. And then I've got the 49ers at nine as well, simply because of that defense. I can't, I can't yeah. not have them in the top ten. I think they're going to be a playoff team. But offensively, I've got to see more from Jimmy Garoppolo. And then I've got Tampa Bay at number 10. Um, it was a rough outing. I, I've, I said before the game, you know, I think it was last Thursday, I said, don't be surprised if the Bucks lose big. This is their first game yeah. with a new quarterback, a bunch of new weapons um, under, you know, Tom Brady playing in a new system that he hasn't played in before. So, you know, while they're, they're going to pick it up, you know, as time goes on, they're not going to be a bad team. They're going to be a playoff team, I think. But, you know, it's the first time that they've played an actual game with each other. They didn't have a preseason or OTAs to really work with. So, you know, don't worry about Tampa Bay quite yet. You know, if this keeps going until, you know, week four or five, then start to worry a little bit. But right now, it was their first game against a good team. Um, and, you know, I think it'll get better. So, as long as Tom Brady's there with those weapons, that defense, I think they'll be fine. Tampa Bay's number 10. And I think they get to prove it next week as they go up against the Carolina Panthers, which, you know, they actually played surprisingly well. You know, they didn't they didn't beat Las Vegas, but they did play a kind of solid game that I wasn't really mm. expecting. But, uh, yeah, I think Tampa Bay will be able to prove it there. And um, I'm not – I mean, I'm not rooting for them, but I, I would say do not worry about Tom Brady. He's not right. falling off the map. He will be just fine, and so will Tampa Bay. Um, but, yeah, that's week one. That is week one. We didn't really cover every single game, but I think we'd be here for a couple hours if we did that. So we'll, we'll spare yeah, your we time. Will. Um, but we will be back again this week. I'm not going to say who our guest is quite yet just because we're trying to figure it out, but uh, we've got a couple couple options lined up here from, from guys that played great games from week one, so uh, keep it locked because we could have an announcement maybe even in a couple hours here. That's the hopes, at least. You can check us out on Twitter at LacesOutPTST. You can find me at NFL. Get your betting lines. The betting lines piece for week two is up. Thank you to everybody who read that. You know, that, that meant a lot to me. Keep up with all your betting line stuff at Pro Football Network. I appreciate it. Uh, Kurt, my friend, where can I find you? Well, if you guys want to have a lot of fun leading up to Bill's Dolphins and then at Bill's Dolphins and then after Bill's Dolphins, you can find me at, uh, at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun there. And like I said, we will be back one more time this week before week two kicks off and then you know we we got a whole season ahead of us so you're going to be hearing a lot from us but uh we can't thank you enough for for anybody that's listening anybody that's sharing anybody that's telling their grandma about it um just tell everybody about it because we we have fun on this show we talk about jesus being a tight end in the nfl yeah i think that's slightly sacrilege so if you've got an extremely religious grandparent maybe don't show them this episode but Thank you for listening as always. Josh, we know you're listening because you told us on Twitter that you would be. So we appreciate your constant listening. Uh, we appreciate everybody who listens to us. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back later on this week. Week two preview. Potential guests. We'll tweet it out whenever we get all the info for you. Thank you for joining us. Week two coming later on in the week on Laces Out. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.